0: Okay. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders with First Seder Bismedrish Tuesday mornings live at 11:30. And I understand it's a big uh, week for First Seder Bismardash back in person after a long over a year being totally remote due to COVID. So Baruch Hashem, we wish everyone a lot of hatslacha. I'd like to welcome our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who are going to be joining us for this year. And today we're going to talk about the Panim Me'ireis. The Panim Me'ireis was was na- his name was Rav Meir Ashkenazi, later known as by the family name from the city that he was the Rov in Eisenstadt. The Eisenstadt family that you may. Be uh, familiar with, there are many of them, are Eineklach of the Panamiris. His yard site was yesterday, Chav Zayin Sivan, Tufkov Dalid 1744, so it was his 277th yard site. <clears throat> now, just to put into perspective before we get to who the Panimiris was, <clears throat> many places if you learn Yaradeya, you'll see in the Tshuva, he brings from Adaini Avizikni, he brings from his grandfather. His name was Eisenstadt. And um, he was an ena called the Panamiris. He's quoted numerous times in Yeridea. He's quoted in Pische, in Chari Tshuva, in Arachayim, in El Cheshavis, and other places. In fact, I have a Seder in Mishnabura. And Chav Zayin Sivan is the... Yesterday, it always comes out, the page of the Mishnabura, that talks about the Panamiris, psak. Of winding a clock on Shabbos, um, Shari Tshuva brings it down. Shari, Tsh, Shari Tshin over there brings it down as well in Hilcha Shabbos. Um, Rabbi <clears throat> Kivager and Giluy Mishnayis and in Gilion Ashas and his and his uh, Hagois and Shulchan Aruch constantly bringing the Panim The Chazam Seifer in the Tshuva, the Chazam Seifer was the next generation about a of the Panim says Kfar the elder the Zakin, has already passedkin and therefore there is nothing more to say i'm just trying to give a picture of you know the the who the Panamiris was in the realm of our halakha Lamaisa, and then we will see who he was as a person and the last thing i want to tell you is rabissa Zalman Meltzer, the day before he was nifter he his niece guttel the wife of Maran rav shakzikh reinovrocha was visiting him and he suddenly told her something out of the ordinary. He said, I want you to know, we don't come from a simple family. We are Ben Ben, or I am Ben Ben from the Panamiras. And he told her, tell this to your husband, Reb Lezer, so he should know that we are from a Mishpacham HaMuyuchases. And he actually then wrote out a family tree, showing exactly Ben Ben from the Panamirus where he is. And another branch of the tree is the netziv, is also an Enochal of the Panamiris, which then makes it many Gedalim, the Salavachics, and others from that family also Enochalach of the Panamiris. So that's just a little background, you know, where you're going to encounter the Panemirus in Halacha. <clears throat> and now let us find out who he was. So the Panemirus, his grandfather's name was Ramosha HaKayan Ashkenazi or maybe his great-grandfather, we'll see in a moment, who was a Dayan in Frankfurt, and then became a Rav or a Dayan in a city um, near Ansbach in Germany. And this Reb Moishe Hakayen Ashkenazi had a son named Reb Meir Ashkenazi. Reb Meir Ashkenazi came from Germany to Poland, to Lita, to Lithuania, and that's why he's called Ashkenazi, most of Jewry that came to Poland originally came from Germany, but the newcomers, so to speak, in those times in the sixteen, seventeen hundreds, 1700s, a lot of times they would call them Ashkenazi because they came from Germany. This Rameyer was the father of the Shach. So Rameyer Ashkenazi is the father of the Shach. If you recall in Adar and the art side of the Shach, we talked about Richus, about Remeyer, the father of the Shach, and where the Shach quotes him and all about him. So Reb Meir is the father of the Shach, the father of Reb Yoyna Nocham Hakayin, the Shach's brother, who was a Rav in a city called Sakhachev, and he had also a daughter named Esther. Now this daughter Esther, there's a story about her, a legend, so to speak, and the story goes as follows, that in the year Tuft Vav in 1655, so the Shach ran away from Vilna, as we talked about in the Shach's life, and we talked a few weeks ago in the Beragayla's life, because of the Cossacks, they had to run away from Vilna, and um, somehow his sister got lost from him, got separated from him. And one day the Shach, on one of his travels, wherever he was, he was at a certain chash of a person's house in some city, named Rabbi Yitzhak, and he was sitting and learning with his sweet voice of learning a niggin, and there was a, 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 a girl there, a young lady there who was like the maidservant, and she started to cry. And he heard her crying, he asked her, why are you crying? And she says that I once had a brother who learned like that. His name was Shabsi. And he said to her, who are you? And she said, I'm the daughter of Rameer Meir Hakain Ashkenazi. And they realized that they were brother and sister. And when Reb Yitzchak, the host, so to speak, um, heard who she was, he had been uh, recently widowed, and um, <clears throat> he wanted to marry her. And the Shach gave them a bracha that they should have children who are Gedoylam. Now, this, so this would be Esther, the sister of the Shach. Now you might be familiar with a Marcus Lehman book called The Adopted Princess, which has a very similar story with the daughter of the Shach. The Shach had a daughter named Esther as well. So there might be a little mix-up in these legends if it was the daughter or the sister. But in the family of the Panamiras, the Messiah is, and many Gedilim said this story, that it it wasn't the Shach's daughter. Now some say it wasn't um, the Shach's sister, it was actually the Shach's... the Shach's niece. Meaning, this Reb Yitzchak, again, I don't know who the story happened to, but Reb Yitzchak, who we'll see is the father of the Panamiris, Reb Yitzchak was not the brother in law of the Shach, was actually the nephew, married to the niece of the Shach. And in fact, in the Panamiris, has a haskama to his Seferan Zvachim from the Shach's brother, Reb Yoyna Nachim HaKayin. And he writes there, Neched Achosi, that the Panemirus is my sister's grandson, which would then mean that Reb was not his brother-in-law. Reb was his nephew. So basically, this Reb and his wife had a had a son named Reb Mayer, and either he's the Shach's nephew, the Panamirus or the Shach's great nephew. And Reb Mayer was born Be'erich around the year 1670. We don't know exactly where he learned Tyra, but he quotes a Rebbe of his named Rav who was the Rav of Sochetchev, Av Bezdin and In his Sefer um, in Al Hatira, the Panamirus is Sefer Al HaTeyra, in the part about Megillus Esther, he writes, I'm going to write here, Masha Mi Meiru V'Rabbi Hagayin, Rav Moshe, This was Ramosha the Rav of Sochitchav. Um in in his seferan on Zvachim as well and Dafyatasamad Aleph, the Panamira says, Vina Reisi Hagemara, I saw the Gemara, Shamay Virabi Araba Muvuk, my Rabbi Muvok Mara of Mysha Bez and Nichda Bit and I wrote written into the and I saw written into the uh, to the uh, margin of the Gemara was the following Chiddush. So that's how we know that whoever this Ramayush HaSachashev was, and it's very not clear in history exactly who he was, doesn't seem to be such a famous personality. Um, However, this was the Rebbe of the Panamiris. Panamiris, already when he was young, was Mechadash Chidushim. Um, And in fact, in his Sefer on al called Kasnas Or in Parshas Ve'era, he writes there that really I only stick to Pashup Shad in the Sefer. I don't really say like Pilpulim and, and Chidudim and like uh, Chaps and things like that. But he writes, since this thing I, I learned or I was Mechadish when I was 18 years old, V'chav it's very dear to me, so therefore I'm putting it into the Sefer, L'zikarin as a remembrance, L'chadet bonai to sharpen the minds of my children and my Talmideh. He married a woman named Finkel. Finkel was a woman's name. Now I know it's like a last name, but it's a Yiddish name, Finkel. And um, we'll see in a moment who her father was. But in the Sefer, in Parshas Vayishlach, he has the drasha there that he said by her Hakamas Matseva, She was nifter a few years before him. And he says over there that her good deeds and her gemilos chasadim and her chesed that she did with live people, with people who are no longer alive, with poor even mashirim. He says mamish She was a mother to everyone. He says He says she doesn't really need a monument. Her her um her name doesn't need a monument. Her good deeds are her monument. They're her zikara and they're her legacy. Then he goes on to say, but. Her children need a place to come to Davin, and that's why we make a Matzeva. So that's his description of who his wife was. In his preface to Upan Me'irais, he writes a little bit of his um, life up until that point that he printed the Sefer. And we're going to quote from there. And he says, She was the daughter of HaReish HaKotzin Parnas Umanik HaMedina. Very chush of a leader of the country or of the region, the Gul of Pozna, of Pozna. Rav Moisha It's the name, same name as his Rabbi, Rav Moshe Sachachov, but this was somebody else. It seems this was another person named Moshe Sachachov who was a big balabas and a chash leader in Sachachov and in the area. And he writes, "Asher zanu Parnes aisy He provided for me, supported me and my household for ten straight years. And he says And I sat in his in a very special room in his house that was filled of svarim. And that's where I learned. His house was wide open. So he's extolling the virtues of his father-in-law. And he writes over there a whole story how there were 24 people who were thrown into jail in a tribunal in Lublin on trumped up charges, and his father in law went and he worked very hard and he didn 't care about his own health or his own wealth and he worked out to get them freed and get the people who um, did this against them penalties against them and it 's very not clear exactly what happened there, but he writes as a result of that, Yotza Mikon mikal of an Excuse me, because of that, he lost all of his wealth, his wealth, and his children's wealth. So he had been an extremely wealthy person, and somehow, because of this story, helping them out, um, maybe the cost of of redeeming them, I I didn't get exactly the details. Um, He no longer had any money. And it seems from there, because of that, the Panamiiris had to then look for some type of job or some type of support for himself. So he writes, because of that I was accepted as the Rav and the Miritzedek in um in in a city called Shidlavdi. Shidlavdi. Um, and one second. Um Okay, so he was in this city, and um, and it was about 145 kilometers away from um, from from Sakhachev. Now, in Sakhachev he was already a dayan. He was already a dayan already in Sakhachev, because again, the haskama that his the shach's brother wrote for zvachim, the shach's v- brother was also from Sakhachev, He writes there. He talks about uh, his, his, his sister's grandson, Hadayan Kak He's a Dayan, a big Dayan in our city. So he was already a Chash of a Dayan in Sakhachev, and then he became the Rav of this city. But he says, I saw that I wasn't able to learn in the city. There were too many Tirdes HaKihila. UBiprat and especially small cities, <speaking in Hebrew> since they don't have a lot of people there, any small or big thing comes to the Rav of the city. Pasha couldn't learn, he writes. So therefore he decided to pick himself up and leave that city. And he says, <speaking in Hebrew> There was this very khashavid named Reb I'm Reb Shemshin Wertheimer. Reb Wertheimer was from Vin, and he was called the Rav, the the chief rabbi of Austria. Um, the the Caesar, the Caesar, made him the chief rabbi of Austria. He was Tyro Gedula b'Makamechad. He had Tyra. He was an extremely wealthy person, as we'll see. He was considered the honorary rabbi of many cities of Worms, which was originally his hometown. He was born in Worms, Prague, Krakow. Um, he had palaces and homes. In Vienna in Frankfurt, in worms, and so but he 's known as Rebshimshin from Vienna from Wien, so he says that this uh, Rehimhin Miveen was Mikharov me, he brought me close, and he took care of me. And because of that, he brought me to his Bismedrish in the city of Worms, or to the Bismedrish in the city of Worms. So he went from Poland all the way to Germany to Worms, and he says the, um, the Kahila of Worms were very good to him, and they helped me support a yeshiva chashuva there. I had a yeshiva there, and they helped support it. Um, now, just talking about what happened, you know, some maybe some uh, a- a- anecdotes of what happened in Worms. In Panami Iris and in Bay Beis Simikovtzadi, he writes that um, when I was in Worms and I was learning there in the El Beis he says there was a point that I went to Frankfurt. As we know, Frankfurt and Worms are not far from each other, about an hour drive perhaps. And um, I was in Frankfurt, and I was I was at the house of the Marsha Shach. The Marsha Shach you might remember is the grandfather of the Chassam Sofer, a great grandfather of the Chassam Sofer. He says, and I saw that the Marsha Shach uh, made a bracha on tea, and he made a bracha bore pri haadamah because it grows from the ground. He says, and I and I and I had a, 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 a discussion with him. This is not the minigaylam, and he answered me and he said, any minig that doesn't have its foundations in halacha, I don't have to worry about that minig. So that's an interesting thing, how that's one place the Panamiris talks about when he was in worms. There's a safer called Migdal David on Kedushin, and Daflamid Zion, and he on a Tiswis on a over there, he says, Tisus is very schwer. It's Temuim, He says, Rava That Rav Meir, the Rav of Prostus, as we'll see, that's a city he became a Rav in later. Um so this Migdal David says, he asked this question, When he was living and he was learning in the Beis Majush in Worms, he asked this question on this Titus as well. So those are two, so to speak, documented you know, places where we see him, the Pan um, Amiris the in Worms. Now he continues and he writes, he says, Even over there I didn't find rest for myself. He says, because of the Ras Mohammas Tsarfas, because of the Makhma in France. So the the French, as we know from the times of the Chavis Yair, the nine year war when the French wreaked havoc on Germany and they burnt down Worms. I don't think it was this war because that was it, it's not uh, the years don't work out. This has to be a little bit later um, in time. And again, he was born in sixteen seventy. He was ten years with his father-in-law, um, so make a cheshmen of how old he must have been. The 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 Worms was destroyed, I think, in 1689 um, in that war. So it doesn't really work out. So this has to be a little bit later. Um, and I guess the French were still making trouble, and therefore he says because of that, Reb Shimshin of Avin wasn't able to build a bias lishmay I guess he was trying to build some type of base be- ha medrash for himself. And uh, because of that, I had to leave. And he says, I became a Rav in the city Prostus. You might remember Prostus was the city of the Chassam was a Rav there as well in Moravia. So he's gone from Poland to Germany, now back down to Moravia. And he says, I was there for about 10 years. Now, in Prostus, he did a lot of important things. Um, he may have been, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm correct, he may have been one of the first rabbanim in, in Prostus. I'm not sure. Um, and over there, he, what he did was, they had never written any Gittin in Prostits because, number one, there was no river. and again one of the things you have to, to identify the city, is it has to write this city, which is next, next to the following geographical um, um, simonim, and one of them is being a river, and there were no rivers, so they never wrote gitin in Prostits. There also was, Prostus had numerous names. There was the Yiddish way of saying Prostus. There was the Moravian way of saying it, I guess Prostagov or something. There was Lithuanian saying, way, say of, way, way of saying it, Prastana something like that. So there might have been a shile exactly what to write in the get as well. But he came along and he wrote a tshuva and he said, no, having a river is not ma'akev, it's only a Khumra. And um, he finally decided that they write in it Prostits, the Miskarya Prostiva, so again, I'm not sure even what of the three names, which language that is from, but that's how he decided you should write the name in the get prostis, which is also called Prastiva. Now, he didn't do this on his own. He actually wrote letters to two of the great gedolim of the time, Rev Gavriel, who was the Rav of Nicholsburg, and the Chief rabe of Moravia. As we know from many shiurim, if you're Rav in Nicholsburg, you're the Rav of the entire country. And also Rav Avram Broide, who was the Rav of Prague, and they agreed to him. So these three, Rab- three Rabbanim agreed to it. Now it's interesting that the Chassam Soifer and Evan Ezer, and two Chuvas, Lamidalid, Chelik Bey is Lamidvav. He's he's upset at a certain Rav who just started writing Gittin in a new city without without um, talking to the Gedolim of the time, and he says the Nidir Behuda actually says it's Usr to write a Get in a new city. If you don't have a Messiah, how to write it? He says, I don't agree to the Isser. He says, however, you can't just do it on your own. And he says, um, <clears throat> He says, Milanu ga-, he says Ava You have to look back at the Gedolim. Who's greater to us? Mehagoyin maram ash. And that's what the Rameer Ash stands for Eisenstadt. There was a Maram Ash later in time, that um, not to be mixed up with him. Um, that he's more famously known as the Maram Ash. But... um... The the Ponomerus is also called Maram Ash. It's called the Mayor of Eisenstadt. So that's the way he writes it. Be That when the Maram Ash was in Prostitz, and when he wanted to write Gitin, he asked the two Rabbanim, the Gedolim of the time, Reb Gavriel and Reb Broidi, Atshenizrukumibei till all three of them agreed that how to exactly write the city. But you can't do it on your own. So the Chassam Saif is actually bringing a raya here from the Panamiris to this side of he was allowed to do it, but he didn't do it on his own. It was only in consultation um, with the G'dayla. So now continues the um, <coughs> the, um, the Amiris. He says that um, that Rabbi again helped me out and um, helped me out with the Parnasim of the Kehila, and they gave me everything that I needed and again, I became the Rav again in the city Shidlav Shid I think it's called. I made a mistake before. I said Shidladvi, I think it's Shidlavtsi I think it's a Tzadi at the end. So he says he became a, a, a Rav again in that city a second time. And the second time they did even greater chesed than the first time. They supported me. They doubled my wages from the first time. Remember, he, he left because it was too busy there. And um, they gave me everything that I needed. And they gave me, they supported yeshivas, chasuvas. And over there he learned, he writes that he learned with them in the yeshiva Tor, tor Yerideah, shiurim according to the order of Shulchan Aruch, and till after the halachas of Ya'in In that city, um, in Shidlabsi in the year 7, 1715, is when he printed his first chelak upon Panim of his Chuvas on Shulchan Aruch, he writes, this is not all my chuvas and he has a play on words. We know in Halacha that if you want to purchase something, according to Torah law, you purchase it with money. So he writes, divrei so The divrei need money in order to purchase it. Meaning, I need money to print all of my Chuvas and I didn't have the money for that. And there's a separate half of the Sefer that is Chidushim Amesech Desvachim, that has its own Haskamas, like we quoted before, the Haskamah of the brother of the Shach. And he writes, I called upon him, Iris, he says, because I'm sure. He will enlighten the face of the reader and hopefully I will give to Chachamim and they will become smarter. So Ponim Irais, because the HaKadosh um, Baruch will enlighten the face of the reader who reads my halachas here that I'm writing about. Um, the Shagasariy writes in Haskama to the Sefer Kasnas R, which is his Sefer on Chumash, which was not put out by him, was put out by a grandson years later, and he writes that, that um, the fame of the Rav of the Panamiris is well known with many um, Svarim that he put out, and especially with his Chuvas Panamiris that in that Sefer, he had conversations with many G'doei Le'Rabboni Deiroi, V'yara Loimke Halacha, they went into the depths of the Halacha, and in that Sefer, Panamiros he showed Ro'iv masa his brilliance, Charivasai, his sharpness, and his vast knowledge. So that's what the Panamiris really made the Sefer, um, made him very famous in the Torah world. In the year seventeen seventeen, in the month of Tevas, he was invited to become the rev of the city of Eisenstadt. And um <clears throat> in the Akdama to Panimiris Anzvachim, he writes, A Makim Khashiv Daladamashalalacha, um a machim chashiv of Daladamashalacha, Bitsham Tsy, Olim Nituyim Losheves, Loim Dim And it sounds like he found, he says, I found uh um already Uh, tents that were pitched of learned people, so there must have been yeshivas there. And the Chashevet people in the the community, they supported a yeshiva for me. Many talmidim, choice talmidim who listened to me, and um, I was able to learn with them and to plumb the depths of halacha. Now, the city of Eisenstadt, like I said before, is called Ash Alef Shin Eisenstadt in, in, in short, and that's why it's called the Maramash, not to be uh, mixed up with the Maramash, who was later, a few generations later, the Rav of Ungvar of Hungary. Um, when you be- he also became the Rav, not just of Eisenstadt, they were actually it was a, it was a, a region called Burgenland that had seven different communities as part of this region. They're Eisenstadt, Matisdorf, Kobersdorf. Landbach, Frankreich in um, Kitzay, and, and Salem. Seven different cities. And there was a whole region. And a lot, there are times in his Shuvahs he, write, he signs his name, chayne b'kak ash So it's not just the city of Eisenstadt, it's the whole region. He calls it the country, but it means the region. And on his Matzeva as well in Eisenstadt, it says de kak ash Now this area is in Austria. At that time it was part of the whole... Um, um, Austrian-Hungarian uh, um, um, Empire, and now it's in the country um, Austria. He was very strong, he made many Takanas there in Eisenstadt to raise the level and to strengthen the level of, of, of Yiddishkeit, together with R. R. W. Wertheimer from Vienna, again, Vienna is not very far from there, about 60 kilometers, and it was a, a, a very very um, um, it was a very good time and a time of growth for Eisenstadt. Many of the rich Jews of Vienna actually moved to Eisenstadt. And um, in 717, the Jewish quarter in Eisenstadt was two, two streets, 31 houses and about 60 families. And um, in 1735, so in a, about 18 years later, it already doubled. There were about 113 families, about 600 Yidden living in, uh, in Eisenstadt. Um, the, this, the, the Jewish quarter, the main street of the Jewish quarter, was actually uh, in the main part, the central part of the Guyish city of Eisenstadt, and yet they locked both sides of the city, uh, I'm sorry, of the street of the Jewish quarter on Shabbos with, a, uh, with gates and, and chains that no one was able to come in. It seemed to have been a chiddish at the time um, that even something, the Jewish quarter, should be so central, and yet cut off and, and closed off on Shabbos. Reb Wertheimer um, built a beautiful Beis HaKnesset, a beautiful shul there on the Jewish streets, a mikveh. It's interesting, the floor of the shul was actually lower than street level. You walk down into it because of the concept of Mimamakim Krasi Hashem. We've mentioned this other times, and you could see this in shuls throughout Europe, a few shuls in the United States as well, That and this is in the Altanay shul, in the Maral shul, in Prague, the Chazin's place is a little lower, Kazimimim mamakim, That's why the Chazin in, in, uh, in Mishnayis is always called Yoiredlif Neateva. He goes down. But here they had the entire le- floor of the shul, the entire shul was lower than street level. Now, there's a story that happened to him. It's written in the uh, memoirs, in the Pincus of the Kila of Eisenstadt, that it was a Thursday night and the Rav was sitting in the middle of the night learning and two people burst into his house and they said they just stole a ton of money from the Duke and they want the Rav to split it amongst the two Ganovim and they made him swear that he's not going to tell anyone. And if they don't, uh, if he doesn't agree to, to their terms, they're going to kill him. So he had no choice. He split it and he made the shvuah and he saw he was going to be in trouble, so he ran away in the middle of the night. So here's the rub, the Panamiris running away in the middle of the night, first to a village, then to Vienna, to Erbshimshim Wertheimer, then he ran away to Germany, to Worms, and eventually was in Poland. Um, at the end, the Duke actually um, found the Ganovim, and according to the version that's written in the Pinkas Achilles, he called the son of the Panamiris and told him, I know why your father ran away, he doesn't have to worry about it, he could come back. Rabbi Sussama Meltzer he wrote into one of his Svarim Iksav Yodai, that he heard from a Rav of Radin Rav Kafstein, was a Rav, the, one of the last Rav in Radin and ended up in Yerushalayim at the end of his life that um, the that the was, was away from Eisenstadt for more than a year and some people in the Kila actually thought that he had passed away and they wanted to make another Rav and the day that they were appointing the new Rav, a letter came to the Panamiris' wife, and he told her that he already knew that this Reb Leib is going to become the Rav, and she shouldn't worry about it. He found the Rem is in a Pasuk, and, uh, and eventually uh, and she shouldn't worry about it. And the Reb Bitzazamah writes, it's an unbelievable thing that he knew in a dream. In, just as Derech Agav, in Kasnas Aram Parashat Sav, he writes, This thing, this vart, I learned in a dream, but malayin, I was on the road, Just another dream that he had about learning. But this was a dream, he was informed what was going on um in kosnes R. parshashmini he writes this was a drasha that i darshin kashiatsasi beiloyna a play on the word on the on the parakim when i was one of those who were exiled to Poland, machmas malshinim, because people who were malshin which seems to be a remez to when he had to run away um, from this story um in Pane Meiris, Chelik bays on page 129 he writes um, Kai Divre Hamispalo, believe Nishbar, Venidka, Vilibi, Doyag, Vikirbi, she she, um, she I'm asking Hakadosh Baruch Hu to save me from those people who um, said sheker about me. So he is Miramis to the times that, that the time this time they had to run away from from Eisenstadt. When he came back, he actually composed a yiratzen against malshinim, against people who you know give other people over to the government and say sheker to be said together with the Hiratzins that we say after Kriya Satira on Monday and Thursday. It's actually three or four paragraphs. It's very long. Um, in the in the Taldas on Rabbi Zaman Meltzer called B'dereche Tachayim, he has a whole chapter on the Maram, uh, I'm sorry, on, uh, on, yeah, on, the, on the Maramash, on the Panamirus, And he has the Nusach of the Tzfilah there. And it was said according to the last Rav of of Eisenstadt, Rev Schlesinger, this tefillah was said until the Second World War, till Eisenstadt was destroyed. So you're talking about um, again, he was in the 1700s, close to 200 years, that they said this tefillah this year, every Monday and Thursday. Um, In Yulches Adar, Toftzadivav, he was Mepharsim, a bunch of Takanas, for the Kilois of Eisenstadt. Many of them have to do with Snias. One of them is about playing cards. Playing cards was a uh, a very rampant uh, problem in in Kl'a Yisrael. You might remember when we talked about the Chavis Yor Worms. He writes that his father wanted to be mevatel, the playing of cl- cards on Chanukah and push it to um, to Nitel time, to 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 kratzmach time when people weren't working anyways. Why should you play cards on on a Yontif of Halavahidah? And he wasn't able to. So this was a problem that was going on at the time. And they actually made a chayrim that no one is allowed to play cards except for specific times of the year. The women used to play cards. Interesting thing: the night before a bris, by a vachnacht, um, the night before a bris, it seems that the everyone would stay up a whole night to guard the child. It's an opportune time, chas v'shalem. That's why we say kriyashma, with the baby the night before. People put a tehillim in the, in the baby's crib. And people stay up learning all night. So it seems the men used to gather in the house and learn. And the women, what did they do? So they played cards just to keep themselves awake. Interesting thing. So they allowed the women and Avachnach to play cards. There was also Hanukkah and Purim that they allowed playing cards as well. But any other times you weren't allowed to and there was a chayrim. And after Hanukkah or Purim or any of these times, the Gabe would get up in Shul and say, playing cards is Osir B'Cherem like it was before. Meaning the window of, of permitted time is over and we're back to our original Isra playing uh, cards. And in the year Tufkuf, he actually put out a Pesach Din punishing those people who didn't listen to the Kharim, he put them in Charim, they can't get Aliyahs, they can't da- come to shul, all different types of things. They would announce their names in shul, These people who continued to play cards even though they were uh, even though it was a Charim. Um, <coughs> in Tuf Peites, he put out his a kama. In Tuftsadi Gimel, he put out the second Chailik of Panami with his Khidushiman Gitin. In Tuftsadi Ches, he put out the third chalik of Chuvis chidushim an Chidushim in beya, and in Akdama he's, he asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu Atfila, that Hashem should help him, that he should be able to print the rest of his svarim an and Al Atayra. However, um, he wasn't zaycha to that, it was only printed after he was Nifter. 22 years after he was Nifter and Tavkuf Chavav, um, they printed his chidushim an Yerideya, Hilchus Ya'inesach, and some of his chidushim an Ksubis. And in the same year, his grandson printed um, we mentioned this before, a Sefer that has both Kasnes R, which is the Pani and Chumish, and his own Sefer on Chomish called Archadash. and they're together. You have, a, let's say, Parshas, uh, well, this is Parshas, parasha, Parshas Kairach, you have the Pani called Kasnes R. then you have Parshas Kairach, the Archadash, Then the next Parsha, Chukas, Kasnes R, and then the Archadash. that's how the Sefer, how the Sefer goes. Um... Now, just to know how the Godli Hadar we mentioned at the beginning of this year, but how the Godaily Hadar uh, viewed him, Rebitallo Ranchberg, um, who's on the side of Gemara, the the uh, Rebital Ranchberg, and he wrote forum Pesqueida, Hayregever, and Harius, so he writes in in his Sefer on Harius that he saw in the Xaviad of the orkhash i 'm assuming it's Or Khsh who printed the Sefer, the grandson of of the Panamiras, that he wrote on the and the margin. Um, of the Panamiris that there was a he wrote a question on something the panemirus said, and he wrote that the mechaber the panemirus actually retracted from this chiddush. So Rabbi Zalman actually goes in, works very hard to try to show that no, the chiddush of the panemirus is emes, and that itself shows you the the esteem he held to the panemirus. And eventually, he found the Taisvis harash that had recently been found and printed that was a riot to the panemirus. And he writes, even though the Panamiris didn't have the Taisus Harash, and that's why he retracted. Im minavi, is minavi, and therefore it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good pshat. The Chida brings the Panamiris in many different places, and in one place, if you remember when we talked about the Pnei Yeshua, the Chida had written in his diary of his travels that he met the Pnei Yeshua. And um, he writes over there that he saw the second chilek of the Pnei Yeshua, the Ksav Yad Megillah. And he writes, I saw a chidish, the Pnei Yeshua said, and with his derech I was able to answer a question of the Panamiris. Which means to say, he knew the Panamiris' terror by heart, and immediately when he saw a chidish from the, from the Pnei Yeshua, he says, oh, with that chidish I could answer the Panamiris' question. The Panamiris himself writes in many places because he was so busy with the Bnei Yeshiva and he's so busy with all type of Yunim and Kviyashurim Tamidim Kesidram. He he doesn't really have time to answer Shailas, but he writes in numerous places in Chelik Bey's uh, Memzai and Chelik Alif Aleph Dalit and Memhei. But because of the Chavivus of the Shoyel, the Ava, the friendship he has with the Shoyel, he's going to be mafsik beEmtza He's going to stop his learning to answer the question. A lot of times he signs his name as Hattarud, the one who's busy, mayor. The last tshuv in the sefer he writes HaTarud Bilimudai. Not just busy, he was busy with learning. And that's probably what he means most of the, all the other times as well. He was fighting against the, the Shabzit Sphinx who had reared their head um, at this time. We talked about that, I think, in the Pnei Yeshua's uh, Shir. And he was one of those who fought against someone named Reb Label Prostitz, who acted as a big tzaddik and, and did things up in Kabbalah. And he saw right through him, and he saw his Kabbalah wasn't coming from Kedusha. And eventually, later on, he put out a cheirim against him. He goes in lo Yisrael, remove him from Klai Yisrael. Because of that, he was very against printing Sifre Kabbalah. And he writes about in his, in his Sfarim, he was also against wearing white clothing on Shabbos. The Mekubalim were very into wearing white clothing. And because of what was going on at the time, he writes against it in Ilcha Shabbos, and Shari Tshuva, Reish Samach Beis, when it talks about wearing, <coughs> excuse me, special clothing for Shabbos, the Shari Tshuva brings down the p'sak of the, the Panim Meiris, And he proves that, it's interesting, Chuva, that even the Mekubalim don't hold that nowadays you should wear white clothing, but um, but um, a lot of it was the background of what was going on in the time that people were acting like Big makubalim but really they were Shabzai people, and uh, it was wreaking havoc on Kalah Yisrael. They also had a thing, the Shabzai people, they would get up in front of the whole shul and say, all their are veris. there would be misvade berabim, And he also says, he was asked this, and he says he shouldn't do such a thing, and at the end he writes, This is coming from outside places. Um, he had nine nine sons and two daughters, like we said. Um, he was the, the, the uh, ancestor of many very Chasheva Mishpachas in Klai Yisrael. On Yom Aleph, Yom Rishon, Sunday, Chavzai in Sivan, 1744, he was Nifter, and he was buried that day in Eisenstadt. One of his biggest hamidim from Prostitz was the Rebbe Rabbanus and Eibshitz, and in Yaris Dvash, Chelek, Aleph, Drush Dalid is a hesbid that the Rebbe Rabbanus said, on his Rebbe, and he, this Hesped was said actually Zion of, of that year, so it's a, a little bit later, about six weeks later, and he writes over there that um, he writes, the um, He says, I'm not here to say that people are going to enjoy hearing. He says, number one, today is Zion of, this is the day that the Gaim broke into the Heichel, into the base hamigdash. He says, how am I going to, that not a day to say, Dvarim of Jrush. And he says also, I was kaiveah for myself today in Avil Yachid, a day of mourning, b'chit hamrum, in bitter tears. Why? Because on <coughs> the pretira of two gedilim, number one, Rabbi Yisrael, Avbez in and Hanava, I don't know who that is, but Achroin Hikhbir, he says, but even greater than that, Ashar Shimah Kastani says I was I was I was gripped with 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 uh, chills Bishama when I heard hagainam aforsim bailamateira the great Gain yera olaf noori the teacher of my youth asher lamad that I learned by him rev meyer avezin de kakash halach lemenuges he says he was nifter he says this is a hisar ngado for Klai Yisrael, the a Rabbah, such a great person, um, was Nifter, a great loss for Klai Yisrael. And he says, the simon is, Shivreich um, mi is going to, Shivreich, you've been broken, mi is going to cure you? Me, he says, is Rashi Tevis, Memen Yud, is mayor. that was the first Rav who was Nifter, and the Yud is... Um, is, uh, is, I'm sorry, Remeir is the, is the, is the Panimiros and Yisrael was the first, the first Rav, Meir and Yisrael. He says, These are the days we have to mourn, because These are days of mourning for the Beis HaMikdash, but the death of sadikim is even a greater mourning than the Beis Amigdash. And he talks about, for a few more paragraphs, and he ends off, he says, all of these things, they were in this in this going, the uh, Reb Mayer, Rebbe Meir, my rabbi. he says, because I could be made, I could testify. He was a very weak person. But he never stopped learning. He toiled. He didn't sleep at night. He would get up at night. And therefore, he needs a Hespit Gadol. And it's a very, very long, long drush over there in Yarizdvash where his Maspid is Rebbe. This is the life of the Panamiris, As we see what a great Gadol he was. And. Um, you see how the G'daylem of the, of the generation viewed him, and future generations viewed him. This is the Panim Meirais. Again, his yard site yesterday, 277th yard site. He was nifter in the year 1744. Call to everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful day.